Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home repair. Today, we are going to delve into the dark corners, which is IBS. <laughs> um, Not what you think. I, all right, because when you told me that was the topic, I'm like, okay, a little off topic, but we like to spread our wings here a little bit. I'd like bit. to dig into it a little bit. Why do they actually call Okay, so IBS, in my world, is, is what International Builder Show. Huge. The International Builder right, Show. And where right. was that held? That this was time? in Orlando, Florida last week. And, and you were there. I was there. Oh, sunny Florida. It was so nice to have that change. <laughs> and it was like, okay, so in, here in Seattle, we have the home show. Right. Now, have you ever been to the home show? I have been once. Right. But um, we are hopefully going to be doing a live podcast at the Seattle home show. Right. Take that home show that you imagine and times it by 10. Wow. It is like on steroids. There's the Orlando Convention Center is massive. It's got like the north parking area and it's got the south wing and it's got the west wing and it's just and it's so, just huge. And so who goes to that? You know, when you couldn't see everything on the internet, you went to the home show to actually get your hands and your eyeballs on products and meeting companies that do certain services and things like that. And my understanding is that conferences like that or shows like that are starting to struggle because you can see so much online. You can order so much online. So is the um, International Builders Show, is that more for contractors? Yeah, I would say so um, because there are so many different new products coming out, and that's where the companies get to, to show it. And it's quite expensive to go. There's a lot of educational pieces to it as well, a lot of okay. sessions to go to. And, and I ended up spending the majority of my time in those things, those, oh, really? those workshops, right? Um, so I only saw a tiny little bit of, of all the incredible products that they have there. Um, and, and so you were learning advanced techniques, new techniques? I mean, what were you learning in those I was, courses? My goal was to go and listen to some sessions on uh, workforce development, Right. Okay. So, so getting people into the trades, right? It's just huge. It's just huge right now for us. So, how do we do that? How do we train them? How do we? How do we even get them to know? How do we get kids to know in high school? And there's a bunch of different things that are going on out there, and we just need to bring them in and start start using those things. You know, like having uh, builder chapters in high schools, uh-huh. and having mentors and things like that. So that was really fun. How much of the of an international aspect was it? You said it's an international builder show, mm-hmm. right? Do you actually have people from other continents? Or is it mostly yes. North American well, folks? It's it's mostly Canadian Mexican. Yeah, it's mostly North American, but there were some. There's a there's a, a product out there that's called Huga, which you would think was Scandinavian. Right. But, <laughs> but it's actually I wanna say it's from Argentina. Okay. And um uh cement based Buildings, small buildings, right? Tiny home style, size kind of thing. But made us um, cement. Right. And um, so they were there. 
Uh, I never got to track them down because I was really interested in seeing them, but I just didn't 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 have the time. Right. Um, so yes, there are there are those that are there from international, but my, I would say most of it is is pretty much you know North American. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Great. So I did the workforce development, which was great. Then um, I did a little bit on. Affordable housing. For me, that was like, okay, you hear it all the time. Affordable housing, affordable housing, affordable housing. What does that mean? Right. And what are we doing about it? We as builders, you you know, you guys as builders or because affordable housing is a big political governmental definition. Right. Too. It is. Right. It's it's when you say affordable housing, the way it's defined is a certain percentage below the average median income. If you have a, a salary or income that's less than that, mm-hmm. you are eligible for affordable housing. Right. Why? Uh, what on the builder's side do you care about that? Trying to figure out how to build it. Because if you're trying to do trying to sell something that you know you want to you want to be able to build it, mm-hmm. we don't have any control over the price of the materials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to build it, and we're trying to make some money from it. Right. I don't I don't want to do this for free or I don't want to do it with a negative cash flow because it won't be long before, you know, I'm right. I'm out of business. <laughs> you can do that, right. So just looking at it and, and trying to figure out is like, how do you do this? And it is so very hard. And that's why more and more builders are, are they're, they're turning away from it because there's just the, the numbers don't don't pan out. But aren't you required if you're developing a certain amount of units in in certain municipalities and certain states, aren't you required that a certain number of your units have to be affordable housing? Sometimes. And sometimes I know that there is uh, some affordable housing stuff going on here in the Seattle area where the builder can actually pay a fee to not do that, to not do the affordable housing part of it. Interesting. So it makes more sense to them to pay that fee than it does to go ahead and build the 20% units that, that would be affordable housing. I see. Yeah. I didn't realize you could buy your way out of it. Yep. Kind of like offsets for coal for bad emissions and stuff. Right, utilities. right, yeah. Um, so that was interesting, that. And then there's there's this thing called the missing middle mm-hmm. in real estate development where it's uh, you get a whole bunch of mixed types of housing, right? You get townhomes, you get a building of flats, you get some single-family residence, and you're doing it in a development kind of thing. Whereas um, a lot of times when you think of housing development, you're thinking of single family houses, right? You look and they're all the same or right. very, very similar or they're all townhouses. But there are people that are going out there and doing this missing middle kind of, it's kind of like the co-housing thing, kind of, in that, you know, it's 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 building a, a community kind of thing. In West Seattle, there was something close to that in this development, had different kinds of homes. So yeah. you had some larger homes, you had some smaller homes, you had some town homes. Yep, that's you it. Had, and so that way you get integration of different communities being able to live in the same area in right. that nice place you want right. to be. You get the the single people that just want, you know, one bedroom, you get the family of four, you get you and know, I think the there elderly. were even I think there were some that were even uh yeah, close to a retirement mm-hmm. area a So you por- get a, a really of good mix, inter- yeah. intergenerational mix of the of the community. And even some rental. It, it looks like it was very close to where I used to live in West Seattle, and it looked really successful. I mean, it was very cute, too, because it wasn't ticky-tacky houses, mm-hmm. you know, where everything looked the same. It was very individual, and because the shapes were so 
individual. It was a pretty exciting community. It didn't look like that um, cookie-cutter kind of, right. we have this color, and then we have this color, and then we're going to flip it around, and we're going to do you know this design, and then flip it, and yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Totally so different. was there energy behind those development plans? The, the, the panel that I was listening to... The one guy that did the design on it won this huge award for it. I can't recall what the the what the Super. the award was, but and he had partnered with somebody who's been in real estate for years, and this guy was just totally excited and passionate about the whole thing. And mm. what he, I mean, he just had so much energy around it, and he was just very very excited about it. So yeah, there is, and it, you know, we need to do something because it's just yeah. not we don't we don't have enough houses. We just don't have enough houses. Other things that I looked at were like modular building. Have you ever heard of SIPS panels? I totally forget what SIPS stands for. It's actually an acronym for something, but it's an insulated panel where you've got two panels of OSB with foam insulation in between. You send your plans to the manufacturer mm -hmm. and they will actually manufacture your walls according to those plans. They have channels in the insulation for electrical Plumbing, plumbing is done on interior walls, so okay. you're not doing that. So it's actually the houses are built off-site, and you're brought in, and it's like putting a puzzle together. I see. And supposedly, if your labor is skilled um, with these kind of things, then it's actually very cost-effective. Your labor is about 50% of what it is if you were doing 50% to buy framing. And not as, you know, all the problems with being on site, like right. weather or exactly. parking or whatever. Right. It's like you can just crank them out there and, yep. and have exactly the pieces that you need. Yeah, yeah. You can actually have a, a skilled framing crew or building crew come out and do it, right? Someone has gone through like the from training. from the manufacturer? Yes. Or, or, or you can send your crew to do the training as well. Oh, cool. Right. But there's still going to be a learning curve. Sure, But sure. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and they've been around for a while, but I think they're, uh, taking off more and more, mm. um, just because we're looking for alternatives. Yeah. Any yeah. kind of alternatives. Yeah, to, exactly. To make the, yeah, that, that actually would be significant. Not only if it saves your labor costs, but bandwidth, you can do more projects. Yeah. Because you don't have to spend so much time on them. Right. You're buying that. Right. Done. Exactly. It's already finished, right? You're not having to think about insulation. You're not having to think about, you know, all these other pieces to it when you're doing actual stick framing. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it's That's interesting. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, one fun thing that I did was virtual reality. Uh-huh. This was, the, you know, the virtual reality goggles kind of thing. Right. You walk in and... They have taken the drawings of a of a house and put it together so you can see the layers, right? It's like, okay, I want to see the oh, framing. So right. you walk in and you can see the two by fours of all the walls or the two by sixes or whatever. And you look down and you can see the floor joists and you can look up and you can see the rafters. And because it's done by the plans, it catches – well, you can catch mistakes. Like I walked in there and I looked around and I saw that there were spaces on the top plate. Right, the top of your wall. Right. right, there were spaces that where there wasn't a two by four, and I'm like, well, why, why is that? And he said, well, yep, there's a mistake in the drawings. I'm like, okay. And oh, then so they was, intentionally had mistakes in the drawings so you could see. Well, I don't know if it was intentional or it uh. was just they did, and I caught it. <laughs> and then there was another where um, all the outlets were like three feet up off the floor. And I said, well, why are the outlets so high? Typically, your outlets are about 18 inches from the floor. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's another another drawing thing. So you can actually, you know, as as a builder, 
you could go in as or as a remodeler, you could go in. And as the homeowner, the new homeowner, you can go in because they can do it where it's all finished. Sure. And you can go in and you could, it was fascinating. Absolutely. Fa- it was a little scary to be walking on the floor, Joyce. Right? Yes, right, I was, right. you know, on a carpet, but oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. And so how did the, and the drawings, uh, that virtual reality can just put you in a CAD drawing? Yeah. So it's yes. not even, you know, everything doesn't have to be engineered. You just have that CAD drawing and it can put you in it. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't or their know. software can. I, yes. I don't know how it works. Way over my head, but I just know that Pretty it was cool. just really cool. What else did I see at the IBS? Um, I'm always looking for... You guys and, really got to get another acronym. I know. But I'm this concerned. show's been going for years. I know, years, but they could add years. like one more thing in it, like... North American International Business Show or something like that. <laughs> yes. Builder Show. <laughs> the Builder Show. Builder Show. Right. Um, so I'm always looking for an alternative yes. to... <laughs> right. Tiling on the walls. I've like been what, seeing that. You know, there's got to be a happy medium between those plastic panels mm-hmm. with a prefabricated enclosures and then tile. For like surrounds. Yes. For, for showers right. or... And there's, you know, you can get quartz panels and mm-hmm. those can be kind of heavy, um, but they are making them uh, thinner now, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Like one centimeter. That's really Which exciting. is amazing. So you're not putting counters on your wall. Exactly. And that that was just, it's like, I didn't like that thick, bulky stuff like how on the walls. how do you trim that out? Right, nice. right. But there's, they're making a one centimeter... And they're doing it, I forget what the name of it is, but it's designed in such a way that the veins in this are on the edge. So if you match them together, it makes this really cool design. Right. I think the the, um, manufacturer is Cambria that's doing that. Okay. And it was just, oh, I got to do that one. Yeah, I've seen a couple of pictures. Yeah. And then there was another company that was doing panels that were super, super light, totally 100%. Um, waterproof. And if you looked at it, you'd say that's tile. Wow. And it was not tile at all. And they're really sweet um, shower pans. Samuel, mm, maybe Miller. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. That's pretty exciting. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. So is that that also court? Cortize or quartz or is that no? PVC it wasn't. Stuff? It was uh, yeah. It was almost like a polystyrene inside, right? Uh-huh. Sandwiched, yeah. and then it had the the decorative uh, layer was you know adhered to that polystyrene, so it made it very light. Wow! And it had a thin layer of metal on it, so that you know you're not um, damaging corners, dinking, and or, yeah, making dents and stuff in it. Yeah, interesting. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Highly recommended. I'm looking forward to the, the home show too. Yeah. I won't be quite as intimidated. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was big. That was big. But Florida was great. Well, going back to, you know, the virtual reality of those CAD drawings, I discovered this app for your phone and pad. I was doing it on the pad because that's what's more uh, powerful right now in my canon of devices. You walk around your house. Basically, just swirling it around, trying to just get coverage of it. And it creates a 3D picture of that space that you can actually move around. Now, you're just using it with, you know, zooming by pinching and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I was pretty darned impressed. What's the what's And that the was just a free, I will look that Is it up. This canvas, week. maybe? No, 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 no. Okay, it starts with S. Um, Sightscape. Sightscape. S-I-T-E-S-C-A-P-E, Sightscape. 
and just crazy. Does it do measurements for you too? Or this particular one doesn't. This is really just to create, I think it was more for real estate agents and stuff like that, where you can really get a sense of the space very, very quickly. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, or, you know, on your own, it's just mm-hmm. very, very quickly. Very impressive. Yeah. There's a, there's a number of them out there that are, that are pretty cool. I know that, um, there is one that I haven't tried yet that does the measurements and not have a 2D of it. Mm-hmm. It will do the 3D. I don't know if you can export it as a CAD thing, but it will have those measurements and you can be walking in that box too. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of them that I've looked at. There's there's one called Magic Plan that you can do the, the mm-hmm. you know, scanning the room and it'll take the measurements and it knows the corners and you can in, insert doors and windows and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, there's another one that will um, scan it and make it look like the room, right? Yes. Like seriously like the room. And you can get a CAD drawing from it, but you have to send it in ah, right. to do this. So they And they charge you like $39 or whatever to do the CAD drawing. Still but, kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, if you can yeah. work with the CAD drawing. But right. yeah, I was just, I'm always looking for free or next to free products like that just to mess around with. And that Sitescape for what I was using, you know, it allowed you to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what you'd need to read it. Uh, like if you put it on a website or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's been fun to play with all these kind of uh, Have you free... looked at SketchUp? Yes. There's a bit of a learning curve, I feel. Is there? With SketchUp. Okay. And they might be, um, and I do have the free version. And, and when there was nothing else out there, that was great. Um, but you do need to have little, you have to think like a CAD you know, drafter oh, okay. can. Okay. Um, I mean, it does some cool things with you, but then it can trip you up. In other places too. Okay. And I don't really have a need for that. You know, I'm mostly doing the 2D plan foot, right, footprint right. type things. But okay. So very cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad you had a nice time yes. with that. And to, uh, we also were going to talk about first year ownership. Yes. So what should you be thinking about in your first year of a new home to you? Okay. Three different. Three different segments of it there's there's the when you first move in what are you going to do and then you kind of been there for a little bit what are you going to do and then you've been there a little bit longer what are you going to do so (laughs) so right off a little bit a little bit longer right a little bit longer right off right off the bat you're gonna you're gonna go in and you're gonna do your your safety your safety stuff okay and your cleaning of course right yeah and you said before right you want to create a homeowner's journal right. to start out with. Take your inspection report that you have, stick it in a binder. Stick your insurance papers in the binder and any repairs or whatever that you're doing, stick them in the binder, your um, purchases, mm-hmm. so that you know when the warranties are up or you know where all that information is. Just have it in a binder so you've got one place for it. Mm-hmm. That's what I suggest right off the bat. Um, some real estate agents will actually give you as a kind of a closing gift mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a book like that. I got one with my house. I still have it. You know, it's like gold, uh, <laughs> aluminum siding. Oh, my word. Okay, so first thing you want, you want to make a list. You want to prioritize it. First thing you want to do is you want to do the safety part of it. You want to, you know, make sure that all of your fire or your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors work. Right. Change the battery. Use, you know, canned smoke to get make sure that they work. You want to change your furnace filter. Clean your refrigerator coils. Change, it's not necessarily a safety thing, but just change toilet seats. It's <laughs> just kind of. 
Um, <laughs> clean the lint out of the dryer vent. Right. And that's not just the basket, but actually get that brush that attaches to the drill and get in there. So I have a couple of statistics for you, or one. The Consumer Energy Report, and they say that um, a clogged lint or dryer vent uses 30% more energy to dry than if you don't clean that out. The clogged or like right if you have the first part if again, you have lint if you have any kind of buildup if you have any kind of buildup well, not any but significant buildup right it's thirty percent thirty percent increase that's pretty significant yeah for sure and you yeah. know that that buildup is also a fire hazard right 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 and, and that is the most common cause of fires is the the dryer lint clean fires clean in your up. home yes even above electrical they say it's most common is that is the wow. dryer layer of just a tinderbox it is to go off right yeah so prioritize those safety things and and everything you listed right there you could do in a weekend oh easy oh yeah. easy yeah um locate your uh water shut off right your gas meter buy that wrench and wire it onto your gas meter so that you in, a, in an emergency you have the wrench to turn the gas off and know where your electric panel is. Some people don't know. And any sub panels you might have. Right. And how those panels may, their relationship. Right. You know, if you do have sub panels, um, which one is the main one? Right. And how do they work? Right. Together. Um, a lot of this stuff you can actually, if you go to the home inspection as it's being done, the home inspector will sometimes go through this with you. Sure. Yeah. Um, but now the way the real estate is rolling over so quickly, sometimes you don't have that safe you don't have that inspection. It's actually being done by the seller. Right. Remember when we talked to April? Yep. Yeah, yeah. she was talking about that. But they might refer to it in that right. and, report. And, and you should yeah. be able to get a copy of that report as well. So you'll want to go through that and see what kind of repairs they're suggesting be done right. as well. Right. Test your sump pump if you have one, mm -hmm. and you want to make sure you do that before the rainy season. So throw a couple of buckets of water down there to get that float to move up to see if, you know, it's going to turn on. If not, you're going to want to get that fixed. Right. And that's a relatively easy – it's just a motor. I mean, I actually replaced one at the at the yeah, Webster like, house. Yeah, it's un like unplug it, pull it out, and put a new one in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super it's, easy. It's pretty easy. So you don't have to live with a quirky sump pump. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Replace your washing machine hoses. Get rid of those rubber ones and put the steel braided ones in. We've talked about that we before. We have talked about that um, just recently. Right. Um, and then it's suggested that you do a flush on your water heater. Um, so one thing that is suggested uh, when, you, when you move into a house and you know that there's going to be renovations that you want to do, right? Yes. Um, you move in and it's like, okay, I know I want to do this. I want to I remodel this bathroom or this kitchen's got to go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's recommended that you actually wait to do that and kind of live in it because that may change. In six months, you may realize that, you know what, yeah, I want to change the kitchen, but I can't stand that bathroom, right? Or you, you find some real problems with some Right, the doors have fallen off the vanity or the shower door doesn't work anymore, those kind of things, and it gets to be a necessity. Sure. Or, you know, you've, you there's been a leak, and so now you need to do something about it. So, you know, hold off on doing any major renovations when you first move in. That's interesting thought, yeah. Yeah. Then they, it was also suggested that you kind of find a room that doesn't need a lot of, a lot of work, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's a den or a living room or, and kind of make that your sanctuary due to that room, 
like give it a fresh coat of paint. Okay, or, right, you know, right. so so that that's one area of your house that you can go to and you can just kind of forget about all the other stuff that you need to be thinking about and for this nice new house. And it's nice the way you kind of want. Right. It's like right. it's got a chair in there. I can breathe. I can have, you know, a sip of glass of wine and just kind of unwind and not be thinking about, you know, you see the stuff that you really sure think you want to repair. So right. have have a little sanctuary while while you're, you know, that first year. And then um, making a plan for your renovations once you've been there for a while and mm-hmm. figuring out how you want to do that. Um, and, and while you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're going through that inspection report as well and, and making sure that you're, you're uh, repairing those things that are needed. Uh, right. Some, some stuff, it's, it's, in the re- it's in the report and you're like, yeah, it doesn't need to be done. But if you're not versed enough in knowing what's important, what's needed, then, you know, talk to somebody about it. And, right. And get them to, to kind of decipher that inspection report for you. So start that plan. Start the plan. Yep. First thing is to have a plan. Just prioritize, you know, brainstorm, get everything down in one and then prioritize it. And then you can start saving for what you need. Like if you know we have a a problematic thing right. on the report or what you discover. And I can't fix it right now, but I'm going to need to fix it. So right, right. just having and, that ahead. And remember the budget, right? 1% right. of your home's value every year for maintenance. That's Amazing. getting to be a lot of money now, right? I mean, it was yeah. a lot of money when it was, you know, your house with $300,000. So you, you're putting away $3,000. But when the median house price in Seattle is $800,000, that's... At the same time, though, that's a lot. With home prices going up, so is the maintenance issues. I I think they correlate. I know, but I'm just thinking. But your wages are not going up fourteen, fifteen percent every year. That's talk to your elected officials. Episode right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally different episode. So, well, those are great ideas. Well, thank you so much. Your safety things right off, then your midterm things. I really love the idea of. Uh, picking a room that is pretty okay, but you definitely want to refresh it or something, but then that can be a nice place to go. So if you have any ideas, any things that you've done in the first year of owning your house, any advice, we will add it to the list. You can send those at askamy at amyworks.com. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.